This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Otago Polytechnic, Dunedin. I'm not joined by Mawira Karatai today because she is preparing for her doctorate oral on Wednesday. But I am joined by Jess Cavell, who is an events organiser in Dunedin. She has a long history of organising events. I want to hear about the Lettuce Inn. She's now organising Spectacle and she's the events organiser for various places, including the dish, the Petri dish. Welcome, Jess. Hi. Where are you, Jess? Uh, I'm in Dunedin, in Mornington. Cool. Were you here during lockdown, during the first one? Yes. Um, my partner, my daughter and I uh, just shifted back from uh, Katikati in the North Island. So we arrived in Dunedin in January and managed to secure ourselves a house to live in right before maybe like two weeks before the first lockdown well that was good timing it could have been unfortunate uh we were staying with some wonderful friends prior to that so it wouldn't have been that unfortunate i don't think it would have been fun (laughs) and were you (laughs) so you're the the three of us and, and how old is your daughter uh she's just turned three so that would have been a fun age in lockdown although i suppose it wouldn't have made much difference to her no, um, I think the first time she was probably just sort of grateful for hanging out with mum and dad every day. Um, this last one that we've had was a little bit harder uh, just with I was working during the days um, and she didn't really understand why we couldn't go out, um, do all the things that we would usually do, why she couldn't go to daycare, all those sorts of things. So that was quite quite a challenge to uh, work with and explain. Our three-year-old granddaughter has got quite a good explanation for things that she can't do in lockdown. It's because of lockdown. But it also, (laughs) something like, if there's an apple gone mouldy, oh, this is lockdown. This apple's gone (laughs) mouldy because of lockdown. Anything that's happened is because of lockdown. Uh, It's got to be hard for children, I think, like, especially, you know, the development stages and stuff, like it's, it's got to be tricky, especially for parents too, with school-aged children having to manage that as well as work from home. Not an easy feat. So you were working? Were you working from home in the first lockdown last year? Ah, uh, no, I um, was just working. So I managed to score a cafe job through a friend, um, just making coffee, and that sort of was just happening and then lockdown happened so I was a bit of a a free agent I suppose um I got to just hang out and 
do fun things all day. Uh, whereas this time I had to actually do admin work and things like that. So not as fun, but. So an events organizer, mm-hmm. it's an interesting time to be an events organizer because they you seem to be organizing an awful lot of events and then not holding them as a general yeah. rule. That's, that's very true. Um, I've had a lot of, I do help out um, a touring company called Banished Music with a lot of shows and they've just rescheduled, I think for the third or fourth time, a whole string of shows of um, Auckland performers that were supposed to be doing tours around the country. But given that Auckland's still in level four, it's sort of not happening. So they've now been pushed to February, I believe, most of them. So surely we'll be out by that point, fingers crossed. And that local music scene runs Mm. on the smell of an oily rag anyway. (laughs) So it must be particularly challenging being able to, or not being able to hold things, but still having to put up some yeah. of the costs. Indeed. Like, I think a lot of places, are, I know that um, Dive Music Venue, formerly the Cook Hotel, um, they're sort of picking and choosing different shows to put on just based off the whole they should served, having extra staff. Like, it's... Um, it's it's pretty difficult to run a venue at this this point in time, things being so uncertain. So your previous, you've, you've run some big events, the, the Lettuce Fest, is it the Lettuce Festival, Lettuce Inn Festival? The, the Lettuce Inn, yeah. Um, so what was that? that was, uh, we, up north, my partner and I, we used to run a hydroponic lettuce and herb farm. And after leaving the rich cultural activities of Dunedin. We were a little bit starved where we were. So we decided we had a big open field and an area that we could build a stage. So we built a stage and invited some people to come and play some music. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, I think we had seven seven events total. Um, And they just grew and grew each time and it was just a really nice sort of community-focused event. So we just were open to anyone and everyone. Um, we got quite a mixture of people, which was really nice. Lots of families. Uh, my partner was teaching bass guitar at uh, Otomoto College in Tauranga at the time. So we had a few. We always made sure to include some of the high school bands as well, which was really nice, giving them a platform to get their music out there. Let's take the first of your music choices. I don't think this is one that you've had at the festival, but maybe it is. Let's have the entire alphabet. Yep. That's a hard thing to search for, I have to say. <laughs> the entire yeah. alphabet structures. Why this one? Um, the entire alphabet. So uh, it's a two-piece band from Dunedin. Uh, my partner is the person who plays the bass guitar um i chose that song because we're putting on a show on the 11th of december at the new athenaeum theater with the entire alphabet um and i am contributing some liquid light projections so i've been listening to their music quite a lot lately and playing around with um different liquid light fun things um, so it's something that I've been listening to and 
really enjoy quite a lot at the moment. So, so what are we going to hear? What, what's the what, what's the, the the genre or style? Um, <laughs> instrumental, uh, atmospheric kind of music, I suppose. I like what it says on the tin there. Geometry translated to sound. Yes. It's very um, different, but great. what brought you back to Dunedin? Um, I just love Dunedin. So um, 
we were up north for seven years, I believe. Um, I came back down between for, I had to finish a semester of university down here. So I came back for a few months. Um, but after we had our daughter, uh, just all of our friends down here also having children, um, it just made sense to come back down. Coming back on visits just sort of made us realise how much we really miss being in this beautiful city. And that's got more of a pull than the hydroponic lettuce and herb farm? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, it does. So you're, you're working now as an events organiser? Yeah, that's at, right. At various places, at the, the Dish? Yeah. Um, so I've just started with the Dish recently. Um, in July, I think. Um, so I'm doing events coordinator is my title there. Um, so we put on different events and um, help out those who are wanting to put their own events on, make sure that they run smoothly, etc. It's pretty cool. Um, I've just launched uh, an event called The Great Create, which is a series of workshops uh, celebrating some local female artists um the first one kicks off on thursday the 4th of november i think uh which is a terracotta planter class with marion Hamilton. uh then i've got intuitive collage with joe bone uh stenciling with maggie cavell and illustrative cutouts with an artist called lucy brown so they're all looking shaping up to be pretty fun classes and events where do people find the the details uh, for those? So they, they're listed in the event section of the dish facebook page um but all the tickets are available through humanitics so if you just google search the great create humanitics it's i'm pretty sure it's the first thing that pops up For people that don't know, do it's associated with petri dish, isn't it? Yeah, um, so it's the event space and and the petri dish building. Yeah. So, what's the importance of events as part of a community like that? It's a startup community, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. Um, or shared workspace. I guess it is. Yeah. So, petri dish itself is a um, a shared uh, like a co working office space. So there's um, multiple companies that are um, in the offices and there's separate offices as well as um, co-working space. So just desks and rooms. Um, it's just an opportunity for people to be able to have that sort of office environment as well as network with other people. Um, it's a really cool, cool concept and it's very popular um, and there's so many different and amazing businesses all under one roof it's it's pretty cool so it's part of your job supporting those businesses in terms of their product launches and um, networking and that sort of thing not technically no the events um part of it is a separate business um so events on stafford is technically what it's called it's just sort of separated from the cafe itself so the event space is um the lantern room as people call it which you can see from the street um so that's a space that's hireable um 
through us for any type of event that you want really um 21st weddings uh burlesque creative workshops uh they've had swing dance classes a whole whole horde of different things and you've got the added challenge of doing that under level two yes um it's been quite tricky to sort of figure all the ins and outs i guess um last time you know last lock time uh, lock time lockdown rather people sort of were able to wrap their head around what you could and couldn't do at level two and this time it was pretty similar um except they eased some of the restrictions which was quite good just the numbers got eased um so yeah i mean it's been it's been quite a challenge um it's kind of it's a difficult time for promoters and people putting things on because they're still going ahead with things but having to have their numbers cut down so much it's almost not worth it but you know the the show must go on so it's great to see people adapting and figuring out how to still produce a fantastic event even with all the restrictions in place and from a from an audience or customer perspective it's similarly challenging of not wanting to commit to something that you're not sure if it's going to go on but i imagine it would be really helpful to people like you if people could talk to the extent that they can commit yeah definitely we've heard lots about that sort of call for call for certainty around dates mm. which is always an interesting thing in the middle of a global pandemic but it must yeah. it, it, it's sort of it, it's sort of a weird thing of like trying to organize something that you know may or may not go on and trying yeah. to stay positive about that it's a pretty um pretty tricky thing i uh last fringe festival um i had put a show in and you know you you had to sort of mentally prepare yourself that maybe it wasn't going to happen and how could you make that event still go ahead at both level two and level three like you, you've just got to take into consideration every sort of aspect so that you can still do things i guess like um i've got this one as i said earlier coming up in december and it was very difficult to try and find a venue in the first place but then now with the traffic light system coming into play as well there's a lot of extra things to sort of think about with that so it's been quite tricky but I'm confident that it will be good and we'll still go ahead and everything will be fine got to be optimistic so are you tempted to bring in something like the the lettuce in Something at like that. Uh, to Dunedin. Yeah, scale or, or celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the idea of spectacle is kind of stemmed from that, I suppose. Um, so, Let Us In wasn't just music. It, we had um, art installations and dance and theatre performances. Um, so, we just sort of, I've tried to recreate that in a way I guess with spectacle um but it's a different setting so I need a 
if you know anyone that's got a um a large empty field or a beautiful outdoor area that I can put a mini festival on, let me know. <laughs> what drives you to do that sort of thing? Because it would be easier not to. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I do it because I love it personally. Um, I just really enjoy putting on things like that and get a lot out of people enjoying it, coming along and having a good time and either listening to some music that they wouldn't usually listen to and really liking it or seeing a really fun art installation, um, just something that's a little bit different and not so normal, I guess. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a passion, I suppose. And in this time of uncertainty, it's probably even more important for us to have those those sorts of venues for for both the performers and the audience to explore different yeah. worldviews and the creative side of life. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been a really tough time for people in the creative industry as of late. Um, shows being cancelled, things you know, things not being able to go ahead. Um, so it's it's something that. I'm getting a great pleasure in being able to put on a show and pay people for their contributions for their art. You know, they've not been able to sort of do those things for a long time, though. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, ko tahu I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and beloved universes. And I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you are. A triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us the last almost two years now have been very hard, different from anything we have experienced in our lifetime or even in the generation before us. So in terms of our skill set, I believe we have all the skills all the time and it's only in remembering this and utilising this that we rediscover this. We can help each other always with this process and communication is key. As a species, communication has enabled us to create the beautiful masterpiece of the human world, this intricate construction that we all interact with on a daily basis. And of course, beyond that, surrounding that, embracing that, underpinning that, is the foundation of all life, the living world, of which we are a part and connected to and co-evolving with in an infinite web. How beautiful. So we need never feel alone. We are always surrounded by our family. And with a sense of the known we can have more 
understanding each day of who we are. Particularly in stressful times, it can be so helpful to call forth those parts of us that innately desire to nurture and to tune our consciousness into sending loving, nurturing thoughts and feelings to those we love throughout time and space, past, present and future. I know for all of us throughout our lives, love is the highlight when we can feel that connection, feel that sense of belonging, feel that sense of recognition, feel that sense of wonder and that life just reveals better and better, very pleasant surprises to us that we can feel in awe. And tuning ourselves back into this is so helpful in times of stress and worry and fear. As we can feel overwhelmed, we can feel lost, we can feel powerless, we can feel hopeless. But love is always there within us and around us to help us remember that we are safe. So I really hope for you today you can use your incredible consciousness to travel through time and space and send love to to yourself at different ages. Send love to yourself in the future. Send love to yourself now. Send love to all of your immediate whānau, wider whānau and global whānau, interstellar whānau all life in the entire universe, Father, and that we can together remember who we are and what we can do as loving, creative beings. Today is the first day of Love Ember, which is very exciting, so every day I'm going to be celebrating how we can tune into what we love with our senses and our sensors and sharing this, so I'm very excited and even just recalibrating and refocusing my attention on this creative task is making me feel so much better and better and better so I really hope for you your month of November goes very well and I will look forward to seeing and sharing what everyone is loving I know for me that it's a wonderful gift when we can make those around us feel safe and recognised and loved. And I've been working on the front desk at Otakanui over the weekend. And it's been so fun meeting all these different people coming in, hearing about their experiences out in the eco-sanctuary. And today I have a wonderful school. The eco-sanctuary caught on fire last night, but it was put out very quickly. So I'm so grateful and I feel so much love for all the firefighters and so much love for you, Blowing Bubbles team and all of you. Thank you for having me and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kokiti. Thank you, Tahu. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Jess Cavell. Jess, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last two years, the time of the pandemic. What do you think is going to stick and perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Oh, um, I feel like what's going to stick is probably uncertainty surrounding a lot of things, I guess. Um, I feel like with the amount that people have sort of been locked away and had to spend by themselves 
there's um, probably become a new sort of, uh, how do I describe this? A apprehension, I suppose, to uh, anxiety even, to go around and be around lots of people. Like it seems to take people, you know, with, I saw with the first lockdown, you know, people eased very slowly back into doing things and with the amount of lockdowns that we've had and being stuck at home, I think that it's something that's going to stick with people's mental health for a little while. Perhaps not everybody, but some people, indeed. Um, but also in saying that, I feel like people, again, being locked away and not being able to see friends and family and things, you've got a new sense of appreciation for all the things that you can do. Um, I myself feel very lucky currently. I, I have family in Auckland who have been locked down and are really struggling. Um, and I have such an appreciation to be able to go over to a friend's house for a cup of tea, you know. So I hope that those uh, appreciations sort of stick around with people. And the sense of place. Did you, you were just back in Dunedin, but... The, during the first lockdown, we have lots of people saying that they really appreciated just spending time in their place, in, in their, on yeah. their own place or in their own neighbourhood. I guess it sort of gave people probably a much-needed time to just slow down and spend time with your families. Um, I, I mean, we had just moved here, but, you know, it was it was nice to be able to spend time with our daughter and teach her things and just hang out with her every day and watch her grow without having the the mundanity of going to work every day and missing out on all of those little bits and pieces. It's a strange thing that we can see the value of that slowing down and the sort of the, the well-being and mindfulness type people have been telling us that for a long time, but it mm -hmm. took a pandemic for us to actually do it. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and we rushed and back. We rushed back to being busy pretty quick afterwards. But maybe we after did, more than yeah. one, we'll it'll we'll it'll start to sink in. I hope so. I mean, I I do definitely know a few people from the first lockdown who change their lifestyle because they realise that you know having the time to slow down that things and their lifestyle weren't actually sustainable and perhaps they should sort of think about the way that they're living their life and do things a little bit differently and it's been nice to see the repercussions of being a bit healthier and all of the rest sort of stick with these people which is nice People have, you just described it as a time to slow down. Other people have said it's a reset, it's a rahui. What are you mm. hoping for in terms of the, uh, is, it a, is it a back to normal? Is it a back to something else? Is it something entirely different? What, what are we looking like? I don't think normality is going to be a thing. I think if, if we're wanting to use that word, it's probably going to be a new normal. Um, I think that things will get back on track to where they were, but it's going to be different. Um, obviously, 
the contentious subject of the vaccine passports are going to make things different and difficult for people. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm skeptical that things will change quickly. I feel like a level two kind of a setting is going to stick around for a lot longer than people would like. Um, but it's the current state of the world with the pandemic. You know, we've got to be conscious and try to protect ourselves, I suppose. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you think that that vaccine passport thing will work for, like, small venues and for you know, weddings and 24s, well, that sort of stuff? Will, will they... Oh, oh. Is it looking like they we're going to be expected to use it for those? Yes, I think so. Um, it's essentially, from what I understand through reading it and going over it a lot for both of the jobs that I'm involved in uh, with events, uh, both businesses that I work for are choosing to opt for the traffic light system because, it, I mean, it's you get to choose whether you want to do that or not. But if you choose not to have the vaccine passport with the traffic light system, essentially you are at level two forever. You you know, people have to wear masks. You're limited on the amount of people you can have in your business. You have to have social distancing. Your staff have to wear masks. Like businesses don't really have a choice in that matter, I don't think, if they want to operate properly in you know, people are suffering uh, business-wise at the moment. So it's sort of almost a no-brainer, I guess. But, yeah, it's, it's just interesting how it's panned out, I guess. Like, you know, the government talks about not mandating things, but essentially they kind of have without doing it, I suppose. Um and saying that perhaps not everybody will instigate it, I think it'll be really interesting to see how it pans out. Um, but my, both my, yeah, like I said, both businesses that I work for will be instigating it. Uh, the show that I'm having at the new Athenaeum, uh, they are instigating it. So for this particular show, you will have to be double vaccinated. Um, I've read that in New Zealand are looking at instigating it for domestic flights like it's yeah it's going to be interesting very contentious subject I was just imagining as you're talking then I was imagining what the alternatives are and yeah you know, we've gone for things like the the smokers are all outside in the in the in the garden um, mm. spoiling the fresh air for those of us that don't smoke if you ask me but Thinking about, you know, is, is, there, is there an alternative? Could you have like a uh, a separate part of the building that for, for the unvaccinated people so they could still go to the wedding? Yeah, I mean, I this can't. is the, um, the thing. Like I'm dealing currently with uh, some events that I'm helping out with that, you know, we're trying to figure out if that's a possibility. And I'm pretty sure from what I've deduced, that it's an either or an or. You can't do both. Um, so we were kind of hoping that we would be able to host both types of events. 
So that, like you say, in the case of a wedding happening and there were unvaccinated family members that we could just do it as a vaccinated, uh, sorry, an, un, an unvaccinated oh, see, yeah. with the restrictions in place. Let's squeeze in the second of your music choices. Let's have Adelaide Cara, Paranoia. Why this one? Um, I chose this because I think Adelaide is fantastic. Um, I saw them perform at Nadia Reed's Christmas show in Port Chalmers last year and was just absolutely blown away. Uh, and then I asked Adelaide uh, if they would perform for the Fringe event that I held earlier this year. And they said yes, which was awesome. And gave another absolutely stunning performance. Um, it's just a really great song that I really enjoy.
Jess, if Mawira were here, she would be asking a question about imagination and hope. So I'll do that mm-hmm. for her. Tell me a question. Tell me about imagination and hope. No, I'll turn that into a question. What's the role of the creative industries or creative people in, in, is it providing a platform for imagination and for hope? Absolutely. Um, I guess any creative person putting out any work, um, when I say creative, the things that spring to mind are, things that I'm directly involved in I guess which is music and um, I suppose visual art those sorts of things give people imagination you know you you, you listen to a, a song and can interpret it however you think you could think of all the different things that you see in your head when you listen to it art is the same you know you interpret different pictures or sculptures or whatever how how you see it and how it makes you feel and I guess that gives you hope for or especially currently um you know that those things are still happening and haven't been completely stifled given the the situation of the world and the struggles that people are facing to continue to do those sorts of things you know people those are people have their their job their life is to create music and art for people and I think that those people that continue to do that throughout what we're going through currently definitely gives me hope yes me too the theme of this show is positive but not deluded and I suspect that the creative folks have had a big dose of not being deluded over the last couple of years, Mm. particularly with the the challenges of performing. How do you maintain that positive? You you, you said that things are still happening. Yeah. How how do you maintain that positive mindset, that positive spark? I guess... um... Oh, it's it's difficult and I, I suppose not everybody is able to maintain that spark but like during the first lockdown we saw a lot of um, streaming so people sort of still being able to perform and put their art their creative outlet out there on the internet um, and inviting people to view uh, we watched so many different things over lockdown everything from ballet to theater to live music shows and empty theaters like i think that some people have definitely kept the momentum going um others haven't but i mean it's it's a struggle for people and you know, it's it's hard to find that motivation, I guess. But with the the age of the internet, people are still able to get their work out there and show it to people and invite them to be a part of it. I wonder if it's changed how people are thinking about communicating their work. Hmm. Maybe 
as you said before or said earlier the you're always having to think about how this could go on if we're the if the lockdown levels change mm. and so you might be always thinking about how this would look like down a tube yeah D- does that Absolutely. change how you're thinking about the work you're doing um for me personally no um uh, it just means that you, I mean, it's obviously not going to be the same as being somewhere in person and seeing something in person. You're not going to have with streaming, I guess, et cetera, or photographs or filming something and putting it online. Like it's it's not the same as that physical being, seeing, being a part of it, but I mean, it's it's kind of better than not having any involvement yeah. with it, I suppose, is the way that I see it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's a difficult, a difficult thing at the moment. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, it, it's it's better than not having anything at all. Is is my general deduction? I have some questions to end the show with. And mm-hmm. oh, not very much time, so we shall have to wriggle through them. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, wow. Um, I feel like the biggest success for me was um, the Fringe Festival event that I held earlier in the year um, with all the uncertainty surrounding COVID and everything. Um went really well it was a fantastic show uh we got lots of people along and because we streamed it it sort of enhanced that accessibility for people and we had thousands of views online which was really exciting um so yeah and it sort of pushed pushed me to do more shows i guess so that's that's successful i think So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So mm-hmm. you are most definitely in that team. What is your superpower? What's got you into the mansion? What my... Wow, what is my superpower? Um... Oh. That's a tough question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm I'm an enabler, I suppose. Like I, I really like to see things happen, so I like to motivate and enable people as well as myself to get to a point where they do everything to their best ability. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, I don't know. That's okay. You don't have to know. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Some people have strong views on that in either direction, but not not having a view on it is perfectly fine. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, usually my daughter gets me out of bed. Um, oh, I like to see the day and achieve things and... Um, hang out with my family and my friends that's what gets me out of bed love for people and things and what is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or so um (laughs) 
putting on events, I think. Um, I'm, we're looking to host, uh, well, we're doing a, another spectacle event in December, so that's already proving quite challenging. Uh, there will be a further bigger one, uh, which is challenging. Uh, and then we're actually looking at doing another Let Us In up in the North Island. So that's going to present all sorts of challenges, um, I think. It's going so to not, be a... Not satisfied with running something in a pandemic, you're doing it from the other end of the country. <laughs> I, we're just sort of um, going to round up the Letters and Events. So the, the farm that it's hosted on is still currently in the family, um, but we're not sure for how much longer. So we're quite keen to do one last hurrah, I suppose. That'll be yeah. fun. How do people yeah. find information about Spectacle? Uh, so we've got a Facebook page, Spectacle Dunedin, um, and an Instagram page as well, Spectacle Dunedin. Uh, and everything is on there. Um, I'm working on a website. I haven't quite haven't quite got there yet. Um, we've also got uh, some fabulous documentation of our previous event from the Dunedin Fringe, which is on the Dunedin Dream Brokerage website. Um, and we're project number 48, I think. Um, and that's just great to sort of get an idea of what to expect, I suppose. Um, Justin Spears was the photographer for that and took some fabulous photos. We've also got some great photos and videos on our Facebook page. Um, you can still watch the live stream from the last event as well. It's still on the, up there. Cool. We shall most definitely do that. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Do I have any advice? Um, be kind to yourself. That's good advice. Be kind. Yeah. Times are tough, you know. Don't be hard on yourself if you don't get things done and look after yourself. It's absolutely paramount. Thank you very much, Jess, for joining me. Thanks for having me.
been listening to Blowing Bubbles, Positive Conversations with People in Their Bubbles, Their Safe Spaces Around the World, brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is The Broken Heartbreakers, My Sense of Wonder. I'm Samuel Mann. I'm at Otago Polytechnic in Dunedin today. And I've been joined from Mornington, Dunedin by Jess Cavell. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.